Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. This is Danny J. And Jill Coleman. And we are really excited. Well, I don't know if we're excited, but we are excited to be on <laughs> We the always just say that. Anyway. I just think we're, yeah, we're excited all the time because we <laughs> like being here and talking to you guys. But we're going to do something a little bit new this time around, and hopefully we can keep this going if you love it. Um, Jill and I get a lot of emails from people thanking us for what we've talked about. We get um, some kind of confessionals. We get mm-hmm. um, questions. We get all kinds of things. And we put this out on Instagram the other day that maybe if you guys had some things you wanted to write in about and get our take on, whether um, it's just what we think about it, just for some of our personal advice or or feedback on it, we're, we're here to do that. So of course, um, we'll give you guys the, the first thing is that we're not here to decide what to do with your lives. And we'll give you like our feedback and what we think about things. But I think one thing that hopefully comes across, or at least I know it's our goal, is for people to not feel judged. And I think we've talked so much about you know affairs and relationships and uh, difficulties around career and communication and boundaries and all these kind of things. And hopefully if you guys have got not got anything else, you do know that this is a judgment-free zone, at least from the perspective of we don't see any of this stuff as wrong or weird or bad necessarily like even something like an affair like I don't really see that necessarily as bad I see it as uh, there's some I think there's a lot of like kind of moving parts that we can kind of pick apart and, and decide what to do with but there's nothing like wrong you're not bad you're not a bad person we're not bad people there's nothing kind of like assigned to it and so hopefully you guys feel comfortable enough sharing with us your stories and questions or insights and you know that we will never judge you and we, everything will remain anonymous. So feel free to send us those DMs and indicate if you want for us to talk about this live on the podcast. Yeah. So on that note, actually, I'm really, I was really honored to receive the message. And this was a message to both of us kind of asking our feedback. And actually just it's on the, along the line of affairs. And this is for the person who cheated on their spouse. And so I actually really do appreciate her writing to us because I feel like that's its own, can carry its own shame and judgment in itself. And so I'm going to read the letter and then we're going to kind of give our take and kind of take some of it apart. And hopefully this will help with some of you who maybe have been on the other side and maybe even for people who had it happen to them to see the other side of of the coin too. I think it's great to really see all sides of, of a story. So this is a young woman and I'm just going to read the, read the email. My marriage has been on the rocks for about two years. I felt as though my husband just didn't like me anymore. He worked a lot, so I was home alone with three kids, ages seven, five, and one most of the time. I have a few mom friends that helped it a lot, but I was lonely. I wanted a healthy marriage and to feel loved, but I felt as though I wasn't wanted, and both of us were failing to do our part. It never happened. I sunk into a deep depression. I was there for about six months, and my husband didn't seem to recognize or care about it. I think mostly that he was ignorant and had never dealt with some depression, someone with depression, but when I would try to talk to him, he didn't seem to care. Long story short, we met a new family at our church. We became friendly, and our kids played together. One thing led to another, and I ended up having an affair with the man, husband, dad. I fell in love with him, and I think he did with me, too. We shared a great connection and just talked. It was nice to have someone listening to me. 
It went on for about four months. Just the other day, my husband found out and told this man's wife. My husband came unglued and started calling me all the worst names you could think of. He was hurt and mad. I get that. Obviously, neither him or I went to went into this trying to hurt anyone. We were just being selfish and filling our voids in an inappropriate way. My husband says he's filing for divorce and I'm facing excommunication from my church. Now that I'm dealing with the aftermath of all this, I feel pathetic. I never thought I would do this or be in this position. I can't believe I can make such a selfish choice and now my family and children have to pay the price. I rely on him financially while I stay at home with my kids. I'll have to move in with my parents and somehow make that work. I feel like the lowest of lows. How, if ever, can I feel self-worth again? I feel worthless and disgusted with myself. How can my kids be okay but get, again because their mom made a choice to ruin and take from them their comfortable world? How do I feel comfort again? How do I get to the point of being able to ignore my husband calling me names and belittling me? I'm mostly worried about my children and I feel like I ruined their lives. Thanks for the advice. I love your posts. They're amazing. I feel like they speak to me. Thanks for sharing your stories. <sighs> Woo! <laughs> Big deep breath, right? You know, I love that someone felt brave enough to share this. And we have gotten a lot of messages from people who are on the other side of affairs and saying, Jilla and Danny, I totally, you know, related to your story, but I was on the other side. And this is on our list to talk about actually anyway. And even though neither one of us have that experience personally, I think, or at least I hope that we've done a good enough job in ter terms of personal development to be able to maybe not, uh, not have every had it happen, but at the same time, have the empathy to go, I can understand why someone would. And this makes complete sense. Reading this, I'm like, of course, it makes complete yeah. sense. Yeah. And we even talked about this the other day when this first came in, that every time and both of our ex-husbands said the same thing, I didn't feel appreciated. I felt like you didn't need me. Mm -hmm. I felt taken for granted. I didn't feel considered. Like all of these kind of feelings of being neglected. And it's exactly what this woman wrote as well. Yes, it's exactly. And uh, one of our good friends, her parents just went through a divorce after 40 years. And the her dad was having an affair for quite some time. And she's been talking to her parents individually. And she said, Danny, you know the thing that I realized after all this of talking to my parents on both sides is that they just wanted to spend more time with each other. My mom felt like my dad was just working too much and not staying, seeing us. And my dad felt like she didn't appreciate me and I was working so hard for the family and she didn't appreciate. And I thought that just broke my heart because I really thought that oftentimes these things happen because we're actually looking for ways to be appreciated. We're looking for ways to feel loved and we're just maybe not speaking the same language mm -hmm. or we're just not able to communicate what we need or what we want, whether that's just because we're conditioned not to or we don't know how or we think we are and we the other person actually isn't listening or the other person thinks that they're listening and they're not being able to provide that. Mm -hmm. So I think this is, there's so many things I wanna pull apart mm -hmm. out of this um, but one of the things that stands out to me and, and made me think about when Nate told me that I didn't need him and he said, he told me that I don't, you don't need me. And I remember thinking and actually going, well, yeah, I don't need you, but I want, I want you. Right. And so there's an interesting piece in there where I also was thinking, well, I, I'm always telling him that I'm appreciating him. I'm, my love language is words of affirmation and physical touch. And I, tend to give a lot of words of affirmation because that's what I need. And so I know during the time that there was some struggle, I kept telling him, hey, I love what you're doing for our family. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Mm -hmm. 
And it didn't matter how much I told him I appreciated him. He just still didn't feel it. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes it's almost like the anorexic who you tell them that they're skinny or beautiful or thin, Mm -hmm. and yet they don't don't see it in themselves and they Mm -hmm. still don't like themselves. So I think there is a piece of this person who probably, and we obviously we'll know hearing her side of the story, not her husband's um, or her soon to be ex-husband possibly, but the loneliness that she felt may not have had anything to do with him. It may Mm. have to do with her own feelings of worthiness, of self-acceptance and all of that. And I think that's something really to look into because of course the affair, you know, she said in here, she wanted to feel loved but she didn't feel loved and she didn't feel wanted, Mm -hmm. how much of that actually was true and how Mm -hmm. much of that maybe wouldn't have mattered no matter what he did or said. So interesting. That's like an extra layer, right? I think sometimes we go, like it makes complete sense when she goes, he's working all the time. Right. And it's like, okay, like, yes, that certainly gives you like the time to connect with someone else or you feel like you're being neglected. And so I love that you kind of brought up this almost like radical responsibility piece here where you're going, if I don't feel considered, if I, if I feel neglected, if I feel taken advantage of, if I don't feel loved and appreciated, that's my fault, isn't it? I don't say it's my fault, but it's like, it's my responsibility Mm -hmm. to figure out because if maybe we had asked this woman, like, what would he have had to do in order to show you that? Would that even have been enough? I know for, we've talked about this with the body obsession stuff, right? Like it's, there's always, you're not going to feel worthy until you just decide that you are. You're not going to feel loved yeah. until you decide that you love yourself. You're not going to feel appreciated until you appreciate the fuck out of yourself. And so it's like, I think it kind of is a little bit of a, like a, a pill to swallow. And I don't want to add this to like the already like mounting guilt and shame yep. of like, cause you don't know what you don't know. Yep. And I can speak at least for, um, you know, what Jada shared with me, which is he was fucking asleep. Yeah, You know, he was making choices and thinking well, this is, you know, this doesn't really have anything to do with Jill yep. because I'm still treating her. I'm still doing the things that I'm supposed to be with her. And so this doesn't really have anything to do with her. He was compartmentalizing. And I think that that is, again, it's not to add to like the mounting guilt and shame of like, how could I have done, like, done this? And I, I'm, I'm sensing a ton of guilt and shame in this, in this uh, relaying of the story. And it's normal. I don't know if it's helpful, but it is certainly normal. And I think we, we kind of maybe hold on to it because it makes us feel like, I don't know, like uh, repentant or something. Yeah. But I know for Jade, he was he was kind of asleep and he was making decisions bait without thinking about consequences or thinking about the other person necessarily. And I think that's well, normal. We, we also have to remember there's four people in this whole scenario. Totally. So there's her husband. Then there's the guy that also, I mean, it wasn't just, right, your fault. You know, you, nope. you're beating yourself up a little bit saying like, I made this big mistake. But also he, <laughs> the guy that you did also was married and so there was just, there was a lot, there's a lot of things going on. Um, there was a lot of scenarios with, I also want to point out too, just to give yourself a little grace for was you said you fell into a deep, deep depression and we did an episode on mm-hmm. depression and that as well, it says you have a one-year-old. So who's to also know and say that a lot of your thoughts of feeling unloved, unworthy weren't coming from postpartum issues mm-hmm. after having a baby. I mm-hmm. mean, you just had a, mm-hmm. a one-year-old who, I don't know if it was one or, you know, in the, the four months of turning one. That's a big time. I know women who fell in postpartum for two years after their their children. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things going on here. And so I'm going to say like one of the things I'd like to just bring up is that there's there's so many moving, like Jill there said, there's are. so many moving pieces. There's so many layers to this. The big, the big thing is that 
you feel what you feel now, there's a lot of destruction. There's consequences, right? There are consequences. Yep. You're in the middle of the consequences. You're in the middle of the choices. You can't take it back. So now like, okay, if, if we were to give the advice to the person who was feeling this way now, my advice would be do as much as you can to express your feelings to your spouse. See if there's a way Mm -hmm. that you can feel loved. If ask yourself, like what Jill said, is there anything they could do to make you feel that? But we're talking at this has already happened. So that's kind of a moot point for mm-hmm. this particular mm-hmm. um, scenario. I did want to ask you about that though. Like, let's just say, so as you were reading it out loud, I actually wrote down the word communication. I know I've talked about that extensively on the podcast so far. Like if someone is starting to feel, and here's the thing, like if you've ever been married, like whether or not you've even been part of uh, an affair, at times you just don't feel appreciated, mm-hmm. right? At times mm-hmm. you feel invisible. At times you feel like they're not listening. At times you feel like they, they don't care. And they probably don't because they're, I mean, this is the person who you're the most comfortable with in the world, right? And so you're going to see their like worst parts of them. You're going to see their stress. You're going to see their, because they just feel so comfortable with you. And so it's not to say that that's an excuse, but I think it's easy to take for granted the person you're in a relationship with, especially a long-term relationship on both sides, on all sides. But if you start to feel yourself going down this path of, I don't feel appreciated. This is before the affair, by the way, nothing ever happens. If you start to feel yourself feeling unappreciated, I think a lot of times we go, well, I'll just stick it out. I don't need to bring it up. It's not a big deal. I'll figure it out. And we kind of brush it under the rug because we don't want to ruffle feathers. And we're kind of like, but as we've seen many times, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger until something like this happens, unfortunately, and not not that it always happens, but it can be anything. It could be depression. It can be, you know, addiction. It can be like, there's all different kinds of consequences when we don't deal with the first thing. So when you start to feel unappreciated, I think the first step is asking yourself why I don't feel appreciated, why I don't feel love, why I don't let myself even. But then if you want to have a conversation with your partner, how do you have a conversation? Yeah, I think back to, I wonder, I think all the time, well, I don't think about it as much, but I did for a while of what could I have done different in my marriage to make my husband feel safe so that he wouldn't have gone down that road. And there are so many, so many things that I think it, it doesn't matter. It might not have stopped it because there was that enticement. There was that little bit of like excitement of meeting the new person. And I don't think it's same thing with this, this woman who wrote in, I don't think she intended to have an affair with this, this family friend. I don't think that she intended to have the connection, but once it started, it felt good enough. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't where like uh, a, a little alarm bell went off going, whoa, I need to go back and talk to my husband. It was like, this is actually feeling pretty good. It's small. It's not, it's, seemingly um, innocent innocent it's really you know we have things to relate on we have kids that play together and then it got to a place where suddenly there's no turning back and Mm. unfortunately sometimes I think these things tend to happen whether I don't want to say they're preventable I think they could be preventable but I think there's not that one moment where you're like this is the the moment it's I think it comes in so subtly that sometimes the moment passes and we're like, I'm in too far. Now yep. I've gone this far. Now I'm going to go all the way. Sometimes it's almost like the that whole analogy of like, if you slash one tire, you don't have to like slash the rest, but you kind of feel like, well, I'm just going to slash the rest. <laughs> yeah. And I also think there's often a piece of kind of that getting back at the spouse if you're angry. It's almost mm. like a subconscious jab mm-hmm. um, where maybe she didn't mean to get caught or my ex didn't mean to get caught, but they were subtly pissed. And so it's like, you're doing you something justified. behind someone's back. You feel justified too. Yeah. Just to like get back at them, even though, but you didn't, you didn't want it to get this far. You didn't want to get caught, yep. but you kind of did want to do a little jab and get away with what you got away with because you're just, 
I don't know, you're bitter or something. Yeah. No, it makes total sense. I mean, you're like, you could easily just be like, my husband's always at work. He doesn't listen to me. I mean, yep. like, I remember Jade had like the list of, he was like, you know, he even said on the podcast that we did for the best life. He was like, you know, I felt like you weren't paying attention to me. I felt like you were just caught up. You couldn't care. You care less about me. And so it's interesting to look back. And I even asked him on the podcast, was that there a moment where you saw yourself going down this point and you were just like, fuck it, I'm going. Yeah. And I do think the nature of an affair and mm-hmm. Esther Perel talks about this all the time, the nature of the affair is that it's novel, it's new, it's mysterious, it's it's fucking irresistible, yep. especially to someone who feels neglected. Yep. And it's, and again, like I do want to kind of always, first of all, I just want to like congratulate anyone even like listening to this podcast that if you can even like have this conversation, especially if you were cheated on, yep. I think sometimes people don't like even talking about this woman's experience yeah. because it gives it credence. Like how could she even be a victim in this circumstance? How could she even have like feelings in this? You know, like she's just the perpetrator and we just position her as the, like the victimizer or the sure. perpetrator in the scenario. So the fact that we can even have this conversation and be like, and pick apart, yep. you know, the, the many sides of the person who was quote the perpetrator yep. culturally. So the fact that we could even like have that conversation, I just want to kind of like say is I think a good thing. Um, and I think, you know, there is a point at which you want to go down that. So it's all understandable. I think anyone listening to this, like that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. Now it's happened. Now it's understandable what she said about, I feel riddled with guilt, shame. I'm worried about my kids. I don't have any money. I have to live with my parents. I feel so disgusted with myself. I feel so selfish. How I feel worthless. Yeah. All understandable. And a lot of people would be like, good. She deserved to live in her uh, the bed that she made, sleep in her the bed that she made. But I don't believe that guilt and shame and feelings of self-disgust and worthlessness are actually healthy or useful. Yeah. I remember feeling for the longest time, I wish Nate hurt as bad as he hurt me. I wish that he would just feel what he put me through. He has no idea. And later on, I saw it and I saw all these things that she wrote in here. I saw the guilt and the shame and it got to a place where I almost was like, I would actually rather see of him. I'd rather see him like rise up, own it, be the man that I wanted him to be and go, you know what? I made a mistake. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to figure out why I did this and I'm going to move forward. And that would have been way more attractive to me than because I, you know, part of me did want to work it out. So I didn't want to be with the man who felt bad about it. I wanted him to like, I wanted to see a big 180. Like I wanted him to just become the man. And so while I think it can feel good and make you feel like, if feels I feel useful. bad about this, if I feel terrible, if I keep berating myself, if he, if my husband called me Sees these names how, and I accept that, right. then, then somehow it makes it okay. But ultimately you are a strong woman. You've had three children. You've made a mistake as we all make mistakes and you could go, okay, you know what? I did make a mistake. It was terrible. I own it. And I'm going to figure out what maybe was missing that my husband couldn't provide. And I'm going to work on me and make myself stronger out of this. And ultimately, I believe that you will, no matter that you're working, living with your parents or not, I really believe that this this um, email and this circumstance is going to make you more powerful and more strong, or it has the potential to. It can also have the potential to crush you, to ruin you, to, you. to make you make yep. worse choices later, to feel so bad that you fall in with, with terrible men and just, you can go down that road. You really are at a point right now where you can go down this road to the right, and you could go down this road to the left, and either one could be justified, but one of them is going to empower you, and the other one is going to lead you towards more misery. And you're at this point right now to make a decision to go down one road or the other. 
I love that so much. And I do remember, and I agree with you 100%. I think the way, so one of the questions is, how can I ever feel self-worth again? And I think that's it. I think is not looking for forgiveness from your husband. Yeah. You know, because no matter how much like groveling, guilt, shame, remorse, self-disgust you express, if he wants to call you names, if he wants to get divorced, like none of that's going to matter. So what really matters, and especially if you asked about your kids, what kind of example do you want to set for them? I know you said, I feel like I set a bad example for them. I can't believe I did this to them. You also have a super unique opportunity to show them what a super strong woman and mom looks like by doing work on yourself. So what is it going to take to start to feel in your power? And I'll never forget, at one point, Jade said to me, I'm done feeling guilty and beating myself up about this. I'm done. And at the time, I wasn't quite ready to hear that because I'm like, how dare you be done feeling bad, right? Because I wasn't really ready yet. But I think that for him, that was the switch. Yeah. And since then, he, you guys know he's done a 180. And in terms of like communication and honesty and all those kind of things, self-awareness, self-love. And I do think that you have this unique opportunity to, sh- to be the example for your kids of someone who is strong. So tactically, what does that look like? Okay, you're living with your parents. Okay, like what is that? that do you have to, you know, are you going to get a job? Are you going to figure out daycare? Are you gonna, I know you said maybe, you know, might go back to school. Like what, even if you can't do any of those things, can you start reading personal development books? Obviously you're listening to Best Life Podcast. That's great. You know, is there, can you start journaling? Can you start writing? Can you take up a hobby? Can you join a women's group? Can you start a book club? Like what even just small steps can you start to take? Go to dance classes, like something that you can just start to feel like I have something and start to see that you're competent again. Yeah, It's easy to go down the like, I'm useless, I'm worthless, I have nothing to offer the world. That's a very dangerous place to be. So what do you need to do to show yourself that you have worth? And for me, it's always an engagement, taking action in some way, shape or form, whether that's writing or reading or journaling or taking up a new hobby or starting a business or writing a blog or like something where you can feel a sense of confidence and competency. You have to get your competency back. I think just coming out and and talking about this, obviously this is anonymous here, but reaching out and saying it and letting us know, or just having these conversations is going to be big in your healing. I don't think my ex was at a place where he was even ready to admit what he did. So I'm really proud of you for even just being able to say, this is what I did. How can I change? So I think you're already on the right track. One of the sentences you wrote here was, how can my kids be okay again? Because their mom made a choice to ruin and take them from their comfortable world. And I just want to, you know, say to this, we don't have kids and I don't have children, but I hate when I see the parent guilt about, I'm going to ruin my children. Just believe me, kids are so resilient and they're young and they're only going to know what they, what they feel. So if, if they're not told that their lives are ruined, they're not (laughs) going to think that they're ruined. Kids, kids grow up in way worse circumstances than a split home. And so many children grow up in divorced families. And the other question to ask is this, if this didn't happen, the marriage that you had before the affair, was that a good, happy place? It doesn't sound like it. So, you know, you really need to ask yourself, Is was the marriage that I had before a great space for my children? And if it wasn't, then although this isn't maybe the ideal situation right now, now you get a chance to make it more of an ideal situation. And there's not going to lie, there'll probably be some really tough months and probably tough couple years while everything gets sorted out and while the the chips fall and the dust settles. And 
you know, maybe your husband will take back some of the things. I tend, I think I read somewhere that men are more likely to leave after an, like if their wife cheats, a woman's more likely to stay. I think there's Mm -hmm. a couple reasons for that. I think some of it is financial for a woman to stay. Second, yeah, is ego for the man. Um, So oftentimes it is harder for him to um, like picture his wife with someone else. I think betrayal is a big deal for at least the men that we've talked to. Yeah. Betrayal is like a huge and integrity is a huge thing. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, there may not be any salvaging of your marriage. There may be um, just probably statistically, it's less likely for you on the other side than if he had been the cheater. But either Um, way, doing the work on yourself. Either way. Either Either way. 100%. And and that was the, where I was going to get to was that whether the marriage stays or splits the work that you have to do on yourself. And that was the big thing for me talking to Nate was we hadn't quite decided to um, split yet. And I said, I need to see that you are going to work on yourself. I need to see that you're going to counseling and that you are like rising up. And he was still kind of in his pity pot. And of course, at the beginning, I wanted to see him sit in that little pot pity pot because he hurt me and I, damn it, I wanted him to hurt too. But then I got tired of seeing it. I'm like, I don't want to see you feel sorry for yourself anymore. You did this. So you face the consequences and you like make yourself a better human out of it. Like take, find the lessons. And so I would like to say to the person writing this in, find the lessons, look for those pieces. I think you are a beautiful person mm-hmm. and they're just, there's a lot of circumstances here. You're already taking a lot of responsibility. You're not pushing a whole lot of blame. There's, like I said, four people in this situation. The only person you can control is your piece of this. You can't control the guy you had an affair with. You can't control his wife. You can't control your husband. You can only control you and how you go through. So I would do everything in your power to, like what Jill said, do some things to get your power back as small as they are. I mean, it could just be literally, you know, I don't know how you've been dealing with things, but it could literally just be getting dressed every day. That was for me. It was like getting dressed and doing my hair, putting on like mascara and leaving the house. It can start really, really small. It might be making new friends. I mean, in this scenario, if it's friends of the family and the kids, you might have to find a a few new circles. And I know the church thing, um, Mm. being excommunicated from the church can be a big thing. Now, I want you to just remember that people make mistakes and you get to decide at this point, what does that mean to you? Or what does that mean? And you get to choose what that means to you and what that means about you. And you know yourself and you know your heart. So I wouldn't... I mean, it's easier said than done. I could go more on the religion thing and I won't, but be I have nothing to add to that. I think it's, I, I think you're brave for sharing. I think sometimes if you're listening to this and you're maybe on the side of Danny and I, it's hard to give credence to someone else's, to the other side's experience. But I do think that there's so much that we can learn and understand about one another by considering um, all the different variables and having empathy and being able to put ourselves in someone else's shoes and try to not judge it. And I do believe that, um, that you're at a crossroads. And I can tell you from at least my experience, I think Danny would agree that um, at some point, if you choose to, and you keep taking one step forward every day, just like you're doing, you're going to look back and you are going to be grateful for the opportunity to turn some things around in your life. If you decide um, to do the work on yourself, to become a stronger version of yourself. I know for me, it was my worst nightmare come true. And I would never want my experience to be any different because I am 10 times stronger now than I was three or four years ago um, as a result of this. And, you know, I know it's the circumstances are different, 
but the hurt and the pain and the guilt and the shame and the embarrassment and all of those things are, those emotions are universal and we can use them and we can choose to, you know, use them to make ourselves a better version of ourselves and do the work. So And just one more resource. We mentioned this in the Affairs podcast, but watch that TED Talk, Esther Perel. She talks about you basically have two two marriages. And so now you get to change your relationship of your next one or your marriage to the same person is just a new marriage. And I think going forward, because of this circumstance, if you do the work and if you dig in and you really work on yourself, your next relationship can be infinitely better than the one that you just ended mm-hmm. because you're going to be more self-aware. You're going to be overly, you're going to really communicate, communicate your needs. You're going to know what your needs are. You're going to see the signs beforehand because you're not asleep anymore. And you will make an amazing, fantastic wife who I'm sure you are already, but it's, it's just, just know yourself better. You just know yourself better. You know what you want. You, and I think that you do become a better communicator. I love this discussion. Anything else to add? No, but if you guys have, um, same, if you liked this and these kind of things, we would love for you to message your stories in if you want our take on them or maybe some different kind of circumstances. Our email is info at thebestlifepodcast.com. We will keep these anonymous. You can let us know if you want these read on on air. Um, and you can even DM us on the Best Life Podcast at Instagram. I know because on DMs and even with email, we could see your name, but we won't share that information. Just FYI, unless you want to make a fake email or, or something. But yeah, we appreciate you guys. And we want to thank this uh, listener so much for sharing her story and her side, because I can't imagine how hard it is already and going through this and feeling the weight of the world on your yeah. shoulders and then coming forward. So super proud of you. And thank you for trusting us yep. to hold this with without judgment as well. Amazing. All right, you guys, thank you so much. We will see you next time.